This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast. My name is Mark Vance. I'm the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church, and today I want to give you a dose of encouragement. I want to encourage you that I'm, I'm convinced of this. Guys, as Christians, we will be worshiping again, together, in a room, shoulder to shoulder, singing praises to Jesus. I'm not telling you it's going to happen tomorrow. I'm not going to tell you a timeline is going to happen within a month or two. I think it might take longer than we want, but here's the thing. I hear people asking this question. Are we ever going to get back to worshiping, you know, like shoulder to shoulder in a room, singing our praises to God? Like, Mark, I know I can worship at home. I can sing praise to Jesus wherever I am. I'm not limited to an auditorium, but I miss gathering with God's people. I miss lifting my voice to Jesus and my hands to Him in worship. Will that happen again, or is that sort of thing just gone? Like now it's, we can't do that. Well, okay, listen, guys, we will be worshiping together. It's going to happen Write it down. And, and that has to do, guys, not with a public health situation, but with the reality of who we are created to be as human beings. God made us to worship, and he made us to worship together. And so today, I just want to encourage you, we will be worshiping together. And I want to encourage you uh, using a couple unique things. I want to talk through this from a biblical angle. I want to hear from the Foo Fighters And then I want to talk a little bit about what we can expect from a public health angle again. I want to kind of set this up to be really honest about where we're at, but also be hopeful about where we're going. So let's take the journey together and let's start with the always fun topic in the COVID-19 crisis of public health and the future of gatherings. So let's just start there. And I want to tell you what's true of today. What we know today as of May 2020 is this. We are in the middle of a global pandemic, coronavirus, and then the COVID-19 illness that is caused from it is a very serious condition. On a health level, it is particularly serious for those who are vulnerable and at-risk population groups. And one of the things that we're learning is that this is actually a highly infectious disease. It looks like this will be present in the human community for quite a while. Unfortunately, even as we see in America beginnings of some declining case rates and certain things beginning to reopen, what I do think is important is to use the words of uh, Dr. Michael Ulsterholm from the University of Minnesota. It's important for us to remember we are at the end of the beginning, not the beginning of the end. He often says on a podcast I listen to, um, the Ulsterholm Update, which we'll give a link to his, his resources, by the way, on a public health level, are great. He's an Iowan. He grew up in Wacon, Iowa. He now heads up the Center for Infectious Diseases at University of Minnesota. And he's just been a really helpful guide for me. So if you want to listen to a podcast on this and get some good info from an experienced guide, he would be a guy I'd recommend to you. But... Inside of what he said, what he said again and again is it's important folks to remember we are going to be in this public health moment for quite a while. Think 12 to 18 months on some level, we will be learning to live with 
the coronavirus in the human community. That doesn't mean everything stays shut down for 12 to 18 minutes, but it does mean we're going to be at a heightened public health level and alert level for a little bit longer than I think any of us would want to be. Because we're at the beginning, uh, the end of the beginning, not the beginning of the end. We're at inning, let's say, two of a nine-inning game. Even when you see news about the potential development of a vaccine or something like that, folks, you just need to remember, I want to give a mental image that I heard on his podcast. Where we're at is kind of like if you have the picture of the Kentucky Derby and all the horses are in the gates, and then there's that famous proclamation, right? And they're off, and then the horses start running. You remember like that moment where all the horses are running forward and the gates have just opened? That's where we're at. We have just started running. We haven't even made the first corner. We'll get there soon, but we're not there today. And here's what that means. At the current moment, what that means is we're still learning about what the virus is about, but what we do know and how it transmits is this. It is primarily transmissible from person to person, airborne. Okay, so the CDC just even today released something, we will link to this again in the show notes, that talks about the nature of its transmission, that certainly it can transmit from surfaces where it was left, but what we're learning is one of the major situations where super spreader events have happened are large groups of people together for an extended period of time inside of an enclosed room. And some of you are like, huh, that sounds like you're describing a church service, a large group of people together inside an enclosed room for a long period of time. And the answer is, yeah, I am describing that. You see, a church, a gathering of a group of people in one place, especially when we are singing, right? We are forcefully shooting uh, spit, so to speak, into the air all around us. Yeah, guys, those are the sort of conditions where inside of a spreading time of this coronavirus, that presents a real challenge to keep from spreading the coronavirus. So I just need to tell you right now, guys, it's going to take a little longer. It's going to be a little more awkward, a little more unusual. We're going to have to bear with one another in love. We're going to experiment with and do things that are just kind of feel a little awkward. We might have to wear a mask while we're singing. I don't know about you, but some people in my family try to put a mask on me while I'm singing because I don't sound as good, but that's not the ideal scenario for worship, right? And so, guys, I get the awkwardness. Every church in America is trying to wrestle through this and do a great job with it, and it's going to be tricky. It's going to be awkward, but here's what I want you to know today it will not last forever. We will get through this and we will be back to worshiping shoulder to shoulder, hands in the air, voices raised to Jesus. And here's the thing. I hear some people kind of wonder like, man, I wonder if people will ever go back to large group gatherings again. I wonder if we'll ever see worship services filled with people. And here's what I'm going to tell you. It might not happen overnight, but it will happen. Because the reason we gather to worship isn't just some sort of, hey, we got to sell tickets to a concert. So it's not that. We gather to worship because it's part of who we are as human beings to want to join our voices with others to praise something bigger than us. 
it's hardwired into the essence of humanity. And so I want to talk about that biblically, but first I want to talk about the Foo Fighters. I don't know if you know what the Foo Fighters are, but if you grew up in the 90s, you do because they're a killer band. And so Dave Grohl, he is the lead singer of the Foo Fighters. And actually last week, he was interviewed in The Atlantic. Um, He wrote an article reflecting on the future of large concerts and gatherings after the coronavirus. And I actually read his quote, and we will link to this blog post off of Eric Geiger's blog. He's a pastor out in California who is thinking about it. And that's what sparked my idea of wanting to talk a little bit about this with you guys. He quoted this from Dave Grohl. I want to pass it on to you. He said, in today's world of fear, unease, and social distancing, it's hard to imagine sharing experiences like a concert ever again. I don't know when it will feel safe to return to singing arm in arm at the top of our lungs, hearts racing, bodies moving, souls bursting midlife. But I do know that we will do it again because we have to. This is what Dave Grohl, lead singer of the Foo Fighters said. We will do this again because we have to. It's not a choice. We are human. We need these moments arm in arm, that reassure us that we are not alone, that we're understood, that we're imperfect, but that we need each other. I have shared my music, my words, my life with people who come to our shows, and they've shared their voice with me. Without that audience, screaming, sweating audience, my songs would only be sounds. But together, we are instruments in a sonic cathedral, one that we build together night after night and one that we will surely build together again. Okay, now Dave Grohl is the lead singer of the Foo Fighters, not a worship pastor, not a pastor of a church, but he said something inside there that I could not agree with more. He said this, will we get back back together arm in arm singing and shouting again? What was his answer? It might not be soon, but I do know that we will do it again because we have to. It's not a choice. We're human. I think his insight there is profound and it's profoundly hopeful. We will be arm in arm singing together again. It might not be next week, next month, or even in the next couple of months, but it will happen because it's part of who we are as people made in the image of God. We were made to lift our voices and lift our hands to the Creator. I mean, I think that's the reason why music even exists. I mean, think about it. Why would God hardwire us to be able to put tones together to communicate words? Like, I I don't have to have tones to communicate content. It can't just be about content. Like, I could just say to my wife, hey, honey, I love you. You're really beautiful today. That's great. Or I could sing it. Hey, honey, I love you. You're really beautiful today, which I don't do because that's like a, not a great tone, but you get what I'm saying. Why would he create music, notes? Why would notes put together make sense? And why would harmonies move us? And why would this, I cannot come up with a reason why music exists except that God exists. And he's so great that sometimes words alone aren't enough. We need poems and we need songs and we need worship. Because there's something beyond our words we need to somehow try to grasp and express the meaning and power of who he is. 
It's who we are because it's who He is. Corporate worship exists because God exists. It doesn't exist because we need to fill rooms to fill church budgets or anything like that. The reason we will get back together is because God still exists. And so the need in our heart to praise Him still exists because we're human. Romans 1, the great insight from the Apostle Paul at the beginning of that epistle to the Romans in Romans 1 is that every human being is a worshiper. Either we are worshiping the creator or we exchange our worship of the creator for the creation. But in either case, the human heart is never left without an object of worship because we're made to have a central object that we worship, praise, and enjoy. It's part of who we are. And as Christians, we know that. We know that from Hebrews chapter 10, where we are explicitly exhorted, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That was written to Christians even in a time of terrible persecution. He said, you got to keep getting together. Don't give up. Keep getting together. Why? Because there's something powerful that happens, not just when we sing a song to God, but when we sing a song to God along with others. There's something that lifts my soul up to know I'm not in this alone. I'm part of a family. I'm part of a body. We're part of something bigger than us, and we're worshiping a God who is bigger than us. So, will the church gather again to worship? Absolutely, yes, it will. Because it's who we are. We have to worship. It's an unavoidable reality of our nature. But will it happen really quickly? Um, probably not. It's going to be a little awkward. It's going to be a little longer. And so I want to shepherd you just a little bit at the close of the podcast this week on what do I do from where I am today to when I can get back to arm in arm screaming at the top of my lungs? You know, how do I work my way through the awkward in between when I so long to be gathered to worship God, but that's not the place where we're at today? What do I do to sustain my soul in the moment? Well, here's a couple things from my heart to your heart. The first thing is this, don't stop singing just because we can't be gathering. Don't stop singing. I know that it may feel a little awkward on Sunday morning to sit with your family and watch the worship service and sing and lift your hands. But my exhortation to you is turn the volume up on that TV as loud as you need to do it so you can sing out along with it. Don't stop singing. Even if it's just like one of the highlights for me is watching my kids sing. That's actually been one of the cool moments that we've had in this coronavirus time is figuring out that we can actually, you know, there's things I don't get in this time, but there are things I can still have. Don't stop singing. Don't stop singing as a family. Even honestly, maybe some of you guys were like amateur worship leaders back in college, you know, pick up the guitar, dust that bad boy off, and sing with your friends. I know it sounds weird. I did this last year in a connection group with Steve Jones. He came over and he's like, hey guys, we're going to sing together in connection group. And I remember thinking, this is the dumbest idea I've ever had. Like, I don't sing with people in my living room. That's awkward and it's weird. We're going to sing. And I don't know if their voice is any good, but I don't want to have to look at them. We're way too close. I like to sing with the dark room and the big music and the lasers, you know? 
And so I'm in connection group thinking it's going to be awkward. And what was actually, um, I found was it was super awkward and it was awesome. It was so good for my heart to sing. And so it might actually be don't stop singing and also don't stop singing with others. When you can gather with your connection group in your living room, if one of you guys can play a guitar, just grab it and sing together. Don't stop trying to express your heart to God. Man, it might even be a time, maybe you've got that worship CD from the 90s. This is a shout out to Solomon Rexius. He loves himself some 1990s Christian worship. And so maybe you've got that worship CD from the 90s that you haven't dusted off in a while that just, it was part of your song to God. Dust it off. Whatever it takes to get a song in your heart right now, don't wait to get back to services to sing to Jesus. So admonition one, keep singing, keep singing. Here's admonition two, be patient. Be patient, people. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit, but it's not a choice that any of us would like to make. You notice that? Like so much of what God wants to create in us in hard times and character are not things we would want to walk as paths naturally. No one wants to go through the suffering and the pain it takes to create humility, but God wants to cultivate that in us. Guys, we might not be back to those worship moments we want quickly, but it may be because God wants to teach his church in America patience and endurance, comfort in trials, lessons we couldn't learn in the easy times when we were gathered, God can teach us when we don't gather. So in your rush to get back, don't miss what God's doing in the pain. Okay, final word of admonition. So don't quit singing. Be patient be patient. And this is the, man, I don't know how else to describe it other than to say this. If you're going to light a huge fire, you know, the best thing, the thing you really need is a lot of great wood. If you're going to light a huge fire, you need a lot of great wood. Like, you, you know, I don't know, if you're lighting backyard, a lot of my friends in coronavirus time, they're out in their backyard. They're, everyone's gotten into lighting a fire in your backyard and like roasting marshmallows. And everyone has that one friend who's like, I'm going to light this bad boy so big, people down the block are going to see this fire. You know, that you think this shouldn't be in a fire ring inside of town, but he's stacking the, you know, the dried wood up like five feet. So great fires come from good wood. And great worship comes when your soul is so full of everything that God is for you in Christ that you just can't help but sing. In the moment where you, like we're going to wait in one day when we get back and we can go arm in arm and sing worship to Jesus, we're going to light that fire and it's going to be, but I want my soul and my heart so full of the reality of who God is that I'm well prepared when we can light that fire. That means I may not be able to lift my voice corporately, but I can study the word and remember who God is. I can read a great book and remember who Jesus is. I can, I can, in other words, at a time when the fire is not lit and burning, I can get some good wood ready so that when we can light it, it's ready to go. So church, please be encouraged today. We will worship again. We will fill auditoriums again across America and across the world with the voice of our song to God because it's how it, worship exists because of how great He is. It's hardwired into who we are 
to praise Him. So don't lose heart in the moments when we wait for that day. It's coming, guys. Might not be here tomorrow, but it's coming. It's coming. And I'm looking forward to worshiping with you on that day. 